news, sport, travel, weather in 20 minutes. Every 20 minutes, where the news never stops. This is LBC News. From Global's Newsroom, the time is 12.43. Good afternoon from me, Martin Stanford. Here are the latest news headlines. The King has welcomed South Africa's President to the United Kingdom. His Majesty is hosting Simul Ramaphosa at Buckingham Palace for lunch as part of the first bit of ceremony in a two-day visit. Uh, it'll be the first for King Charles III, of course. Now he is monarch. The Manston Migrant Processing Centre in Kent is now empty after operating at double the capacity and recent weeks. At the weekend, a man who had stayed there died in hospital. There has been a shock result in the World Cup football. One of the favourites, Argentina, has been beaten by the second lowest ranked side in the competition. Saudi Arabia got past Lionel Messi's men in Qatar by two goals to one. And the Football Association of Wales says it is extremely disappointed by reports some fans were asked to take off rainbow-coloured hats before the game against the USA. The group is going to raise it with FIFA later on. LBC News. Travel. In the centre of town, roads are closed because of the state visit by the President of South Africa, including the Mail, Constitution Hill and Birdcage Walk. There are also some restrictions around Hyde Park Corner, including along the Piccadilly underpass. They're accusing Whitton on Chertsey Road, northbound to the Hospital Bridge roundabout. That's because of roadworks. In St John's Wood, Circus Road is partly blocked in both directions between Grove End Road and the A41 Wellington Road. That's because of emergency repairs. On the trains, Great Western Railway services are suspended between West Ealing and Greenford. That's after... The strike yesterday and South Western Railway, they have no service between Felton and Barnes Bridge. That's because of emergency engineering works. I'm Dave Goff. Your next update's in 20 minutes here on LBC News. This is LBC News. This is Martin Stanford with you. Um, we've got some updates now on the house fire that we reported yesterday. A baby and a toddler died and a young mum who was fighting for her life. I can bring you the sad news now that she too has passed away. There is a suspected arson attack at their home. Um, police have confirmed the children were both girls. They were the ages of three and one. Their mother is 28 years of age and her name, I think, has been released for Tomat Haidara. Um, one 31-year-old man was arrested. This was reported yesterday on suspicion of double murder. I guess that the charge laid against him in due course will be now one of triple murder. So that news just uh, just coming through to us in the last few minutes here at LBC News headquarters. Right, as we like to do at this time each weekday lunchtime, just have a look at what's happening in the United States of America. And another shocking event, really, to discuss with Simon Marks as he joins us there from Washington, D.C., the Colorado Spring Shooting. We discussed that, didn't we, Simon? You've got some update for us. Uh, yes, absolutely. Well, the suspect uh, was uh, officially charged uh, last night, Martin, with, as we expected yesterday, uh, multiple counts of murder, but also hate crimes. And remember that under uh, hate crimes legislation, uh, he can face uh, extensive uh, jail time uh, in federal prison for that uh, if the U.S. government uh, deems that, uh, and a jury then deems, that uh, what occurred in Colorado Springs at the Club Q nightclub 
uh, was indeed a hate crime and the fact that they're bringing those charges uh, is a very clear indication that they believe that the gunman was motivated uh, by hatred of uh, the LGBT community to launch that attack as we reported yesterday on uh, Trans Remembrance uh, Day. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, we've learned more details of how the attacker was subdued uh, and it has become apparent that it was in very large measure uh, due to the actions of two people inside the nightclub, um, one uh, uh, younger participant uh, and an older gentleman, a retired army veteran by the name of Richard Fierro, and he's been talking to reporters about he, about how he uh, and the younger nightclub attendee uh, tackled the suspect literally within a minute uh, of the shooting beginning. And bear in mind that in that minute, five people were killed um, and nearly two dozen uh, injured. But take a listen to Richard Fierro talking to reporters last night. I just knew I got into mode and I needed to save my family. And that family was, at that time, everybody in that room. And that's what I, I, I was trained to do. I saw him and I went and got him. His son was uh, there to participate in the drag show that was due to take place that night. Uh, he has pushed back uh, at the widely shared notion uh, that his actions were absolutely the definition of heroic. I'm not a hero. I'm just some dude. Man. Everybody, everybody find their heroes this Thanksgiving at the dinner table. You know, the mom and dad or, or aunt and uncle or whoever you want. OK, but that's that's what you guys need to do extraordinary stuff. Uh, He has expressed grave regret for not having been able to act sooner uh, to save the five people who died including uh, a close uh, and long-term friend uh, of his sons uh, who he says was treated as as family uh, by the entire Fierro uh, clan uh, and he actually broke down in tears at one point on television here last night as he uh, reflected on that aspect uh, of the story but uh, this uh, focus on the actions that he and others inside that nightclub took. Um, absolutely a key piece uh, of uh, the evidence that shows that a far worse uh, crime may have been halted by the quick thinking uh, of those inside the building, particularly that retired army veteran. He said, I'd had all the training for this. Um, it's what I used to do, and I just haven't done it for a while. And as soon as this attack got underway, I knew what I needed to do. He grabbed the handgun, one of three weapons that the uh, gunman was allegedly tackling, and used uh, the blunt edge of that handgun to uh, literally pummel the guy into submission uh, as police uh, began to descend uh, on the nightclub where they then took uh, the suspect into custody. Simon, on the world stage, the United States um, often uses its diplomatic force in the guise of the vice president. So Kamala Harris on a visit to the Philippines at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. This is a big moment, uh, both for the vice president and for the US relationship with the Philippines. It comes shortly after the inauguration of President Ferdinand Marcos Jr., uh, the son of the former uh, ruler of the Philippines, Ferdinand Marcos, of course, and his uh, his wife, Imelda Marcos, who were... uh, 
uh, uh, equally reviled in the Philippines as at times they were beloved. Uh, and what uh, Kamala Harris is essentially doing is trying to send a message to uh, America's partners and allies throughout the region that the United States is really serious about re-engaging with the Asia-Pacific region in the face, of course, of Chinese expansionism. And all of this comes just days after President Biden met Xi Jinping on the uh, just ahead of the G20 summit meeting uh, in Bali. Uh, and uh, one of the asks that the United States president made of his Chinese counterpart was assistance in trying to deal with North Korea and this plethora of nuclear tests uh, and flights of uh, ballistic missiles that the North Koreans have engaged in over uh, the last few weeks. Well, to underscore uh, the vice president's argument that the United States and its allies and partners, and, and remember the Philippines is a treaty ally of the United States, need to stick together uh, in the region, is the fact that at the United Nations Security Council yesterday, China joined Russia in blocking efforts by the United States to get what they call a presidential resolution passed condemning the North Koreans. And the Chinese went further than that. They said that the United States needs to express sincerity in its efforts to try and persuade the North Koreans to come back to the negotiating table. Now, the United States says, hang on a minute, we keep offering the North Koreans talks without preconditions. What more can we possibly do to encourage them to come back uh, to the negotiating table? So there was uh, a bit of a, a contretemps at the United Nations yesterday between the US ambassador to the UN and her Chinese and Russian opposite numbers. But this uh, whole North Korean uh, sort of paroxysm of effort uh, to demonstrate that they now are absolutely a nuclear power uh, is something that is further fueling America's determination to try and uh, burnish uh, the, the, the luster of the ties that it's got in the Asia-Pacific region, some of which undoubtedly during the latter stages uh, of even the Obama administration, but certainly the Trump administration, uh, took a substantial back seat even as China was moving so rapidly uh, to engage in expansionism there. So uh, it's a big task that the vice president's got. Um, she's been in the Philippines today. The Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin has been in Cambodia. Uh, lots of activity going on by the United States in Asia. Some analysts will wonder whether it might be too little too late. Uh, and as for President Biden, I gather he's um, taking some time off now for the Thanksgiving holiday for tomorrow, of course. I wonder, Simon, once the turkey's been served and they've passed the gravy around the table... Um, what's the topic of conversation going to be? Yeah, you're you're a day early, actually. The Thanksgiving holiday uh, it's Friday, Martin, is, it? is Thursday. It's Thursday. Sorry, I um, meant to the say the president Thursday. nonetheless is getting out of town today, and who can blame him? He'll well, he wants to take house. his time to get there. Just <laughs> is he going exactly. home? Uh, he's going to Nantucket, Massachusetts. Yes. In ah, fact, okay. um, I'm not sure if he's going to end up in Delaware, uh, which is where, of course, he he resides and spends most weekends. Um, but uh, yes, the topic of conversation around the family dinner table may well be not just the current political state after the midterm elections but whether joe biden is going to seek another term uh, in office remember that before the midterms he said that it is his intention to run again for re-election in 2024 but that it was going to take an enormous amount of family conversation uh, and uh, that uh, that conversation would have an opportunity to occur he said between thanksgiving uh, and uh, 
the Christmas break. Well, Thanksgiving is essentially upon us right now. Um, and uh, let's see uh, if we get any uh, clarity uh, from him when he comes back from Thanksgiving as to whether he's made a decision. We had an opportunity, actually, on LBC uh, just a few weeks ago to hear from Joe Biden's former uh, chief of staff, uh, a Virginia-based politician by the name of uh, Susan Platt. Here's what she told Matt Fry on LBC about how those conversations around the family dinner table go. It's always come down to Jill. I remember being at his home one year when we, the, the time when I worked for him and we were talking about re-election and it ultimately comes down to two people, really. I mean, Joe Biden, yes, makes the decision, but his sister Valerie and his wife, Jill. Interesting bit of uh, background intel there, uh, and uh, perhaps uh, it's the, the women who are in charge. It Simon. is the women who are in charge, yeah. and uh, maybe they'll have that chat over the turkey and dressing. Normal family dynamic. Exactly. So, listen, do we get to talk tomorrow? No, do, we can't talk tomorrow. No, so, we can I talk wish tomorrow. you. Can we I can wish you a, tomorrow? Okay. We can talk tomorrow. Well, we'll see if that. we can find a slot to do that. And in, in, I'll wish you an Otherwise. early Thanksgiving, happy <laughs> Thanksgiving, just in case we don't. All right. Thank you, mate. All right. There we are. Simon Marks live for us in Washington D.C.